When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Be on the lookout for an imposter on Twitter. There's a Redcast Ron out there mocking our poor beloved Rob. Seriously, no idea who's behind this imposter, but all I can say is thank you. Redcast Rob, are you actually Redcast Ron as well? Is it one of your burner accounts? It is absolutely not, and that is the god-awful truth. Um, it had been discussed for me to do something like that, but but the fact of the matter is, is that it was not me. I was actually in the – I think I was – I don't even know what I was doing when when somebody created that. Oh, I was running trivia on Sunday night, and I looked Redcast up. Redcast Ron, sudden, what are you talking and, about? And I was running trivia, and all of a sudden, Redcast Ron is on Twitter, like tweeting at me, and uh, I don't know, man. People are weird. <laughs> all right, all right. Also, with Boomer. Well, I would just like to. Uh... Let all of our loyal listeners know who paid $10 to listen to this podcast. We promise to keep Redcast Rob from four comments or fewer this whole show. So no worries there. You'll get your money's worth. <laughs> Rob, do you actually have a, a hot take to start off or was that it? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> so we'll just go with people are awful. Okay. Well, that's I, you threw me off when you, when you asked me the question right after <laughs> Honky said something. What and, am I supposed to do, Rob? You know, squirrel. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Point, Rob. All right, Uncle, let's uh, get the show started with some promos. Yep, absolutely. Uh, hot off the presses, mark your calendars, Redcasters. Monday, April 25th at 8.30 p.m., Damon Benning, former Husker, two-time national champ and, of course, co-host of Sharpen Benning. He'll be on the show with us. Uh, as always, our hillvarsity.com uh, slash subscribe promo. Uh, just type in Redcast, and uh, you'll get $10 off your – uh, your Hell Varsity subscription for the year. Uh, coming soon, uh, the Hell Varsity Club, which is an elevated sports bar in La Vista that's being put together by Hell Varsity and Herdet. Uh, the Hell Varsity Club is opening in Omaha this May and is hiring for all hospitality positions. Uh, if you love elevated food, exciting events, and having fun at work, join their team by applying today at hellvarsityclub.com. Uh, as we teased last night, and we'll do it again here, the Fan Forum, uh, a new show, a little spinoff that we're doing where we're going to ask four questions of, uh, of fans out there. And uh, so it could be our next door neighbor. It could be uh, you know, a celebrity fan. It could be former Huskers. It can be anybody, but it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one interview, a little bit different than the, the format that we do here. And then last but not least, our, our very good friends, uh, Shane and Laura at Smack and Smooch, uh, custom shirts and specialty items. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter and uh, call them at 308-325-2542. And if you're watching the show here, they even have a QR code. So great T-shirts. Um, you know, I've got my uh, my koozie here with the, uh, the honky guy on it here. And there's another koozie right there, the 
big red cast and we've got our shirts and all that good stuff. So anywho, uh, go buy stuff from them. Absolutely. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, let's uh, get going right away here with some scarlet colored glasses. And uh, I want to see some tweets of the week. Huh? What do you got? Yep. Uh, you know, anyone that's been paying attention to the last couple shows we did, we did a spring game, rapid reaction, Rob and I. And then last night we talked with Greg Smith, the uh, recruiting analyst at Hale Varsity. Um, so by this point, you've it's probably nauseous how many times you've seen these. But we're going to show them again because it was a heck of a weekend uh, that we had here. And uh, a couple of them, a couple of the tweets that we had on Friday and Saturday, there were photos here with uh, we had Josh Heskew and Mike Rozier. Uh, there's Mickey and Priscilla Joseph, uh, Reggie Cooper, and my son Alex getting a baseball from Efri Cervantes and Shay Shanneman after the baseball game on, on Friday night. And then there's Rob when we're getting our tour of the Memorial Stadium with uh, Tyler Kai. Uh, he's holding a Husker basketball. There's a you know the, the tailgate that we had with Meg and Hot Mess Husker and, and all that group that came over there and photo of the, uh, the new construction. And, of course, the photo of, of Rob and I both, you know, sitting in the big throne chairs, the, the, the recruiting chair, you know, throwing the bones and Rob getting totally trashed on, on Twitter by somebody because he was throwing the bones wrong. So, uh, you know, just yeah. good, good fun. And speaking of good fun, I want to show this last one. Dave, where were you at on Friday? That is Coors Field, opening day for the Rockies. It's a beautiful day here in Denver. They took on the Dodgers and lost, as you would expect. <laughs> so question uh honking rob do you guys both have nebraska in your top five uh schools at this point after that successful weekend visit yeah it worked for me i i'm recruited yeah i'm officially uh you know a member of the card carrying member of husker nation after that tour that was worth well, it. I've, I've already announced my commitment on twitter and actually announced it to greg smith last night at which point he told me that they weren't recruiting me there wasn't even any stats available on me he had no idea who i was or how you said on this show <laughs> yeah he was wondering if you could do like negative stars and i thought i didn't i hadn't seen anybody have that before but it is possible um but dave I, maybe some other tweets of the week that aren't you know doesn't don't have anything to do with us um i thought these were interesting ones and one was caleb henry and he said husker men's and women's big three sports this year so far and this was on march 30th so the, the numbers are maybe a little bit different now but football and men's basketball and baseball we are 22 and 45 for a 32.8% winning percentage. Volleyball, women's basketball, and softball, 72 and 26, almost flipped for a 73.5% uh, winning percentage. Uh, verbal commits, which uh, this one is about uh, players that are into the transfer portal, uh, a thousand names now listed. So, again, just another offseason of craziness with that. And, and it will only get crazier as this semester gets done. And then this was one from John Bishop. Thanks to a friend of the program, Adam Furley, for pointing this out. Most of the Big Ten teams we checked with have omitted or deleted their conference football schedules for 2023 and beyond. Division elimination, question mark, pod scheduling, question mark. No doubt TV talks are behind some of this. So I thought that was a little interesting. We've talked about that in the past, Dave. And, you know, you know who knows what, what's going to happen, I guess, in the coming years with that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. To be honest with you, um, yeah, it's hard to read exactly what that that means. It could be any of that, or something that we haven't even thought of. But clearly, they are rethinking their scheduling format uh, going forward. And I, I think the end there, where it's the TV contracts, 
um, likely driving that to some degree. Uh, but that aligns with uh, potentially playoff expansion and all of that. So it's all tied together. And now, scoring explosion, the offensive breakdown. Seems like it was a little ugly um, offensively in the first half. That being said, you know, it's hard to tell where the, some of those runs go when you're blowing it dead. We were being dreadfully simple and running inside zone and between the tackles, and then you get tagged off and they blow it down. And I wouldn't want to be an official and decide where to spot a lot of those, but uh, it's hard to get a, a real read from that. Dave, are we the only team in the country that the, the, the coach has an issue with the officials at the spring game? Darn big tennis. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, we set up the rules. <laughs> I know. I mean, so, I mean, I, I, I did watch the first half uh, relatively closely, and it was hard to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was better in person. I did listen to you guys' rapid reaction, and it sounds like it was even hard to kind of follow along, too. Obviously, from a scoring perspective, you're trying to figure out who's scoring points, why they're scoring points, who's down, why they're down, <laughs> because they if they got touched, it was like by a fingernail. Um, and all of that said, I mean, like the offense did struggle a little bit out of the gate there. I think – you know, Casey Thompson goes three or four for maybe 31 yards, uh, maybe a few scrambles. But um, I think kind of like, you know, three and outs or, or whatnot was the story early there until Anthony Grant broke broke a long run, which was questionable because he appeared like he was touching the backfield. So it just it was just a hard thing to watch. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys. Um, you know, it sounds like. It was an amazing weekend, obviously. You guys had a great time. You, you met a lot of former Huskers. You, maybe you ran into some recruits, families, all this type of stuff. Uh, you tailgated. You had a great time. Uh, the spring game is so much more than than about football at this point. And it's a recruiting tool, um, which, is, which is fine. But, I mean, at some point, you have to kind of decide if you're actually having a spring practice or not, right? I mean, there literally feels like they only get 15 of these, and they're literally throwing – the 15th away because it doesn't really seem like they get barely anything out of it from a football X's and O standpoint. Um, would they be better off just rebranding this as the spring football celebration and do everything else and not even, you know, play the game and just actually use it for a real scrimmage some other time. <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea in some ways, I like the idea of it just being, you think of like what they used to do with the freshman team on Fridays during during the season when you used to have a freshman team and there would be a game that they would play or a JV kind of thing, you know, the, the backups and they'd play real football. Um, there's, I think there could be some value in that. It was fun watching Harburg in the second half playing real football as a quarterback and not having a green jersey on. And, um, you know, I can see maybe some way of doing that. I, I think, you know, I think they get three scrimmages. I, I'm don't quote me on that, but I thought I read that they get like three scrimmages over the course of a spring um, season. And so this would have been one of those three. And to your point there, Dave, I mean, you're not getting a whole lot out of certainly, you know, the, the starters. I mean, Thompson, you know, I guess they had 14 practices where I'm sure they were able to to do some things and figure out some things with some of the players. But at the end of the day, Purdy didn't play half the scrimmage or half the spring. So, you know, is he getting pushed by Purdy? Um, you do have Smothers, at least that was trying to, you know, push Thompson. But 
you know, you want your quarterback to be tested. I want Thompson to, to have earned the position and, and, you know, I think he's probably our best quarterback, but you know, anyone that has questions of whether how earned it was, I get it. I understand it. So, you know, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's a tough thing right now. One thing I, I guess I am confused with is that we have the largest, uh, roster you know of anybody in the big 10 i mean we're at 150 or and yet you know we find ourselves kind of shorthanded when we get to the spring game now i think it was at some very specific positions we were like tight end and that's why frost said it was kind of hard to go offense or two different teams they they just went offense versus defense period because they had some positions that were down but yeah I, i mean i get your point it wasn't at the very least it wasn't the football game not like it used to be with spring game that's for sure yeah, yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's a lack of entertainment at some point. I mean, there's a balance there. I mean, they can turn mm-hmm. this into a big deal because they got 55,000 people to show up. But that's, that's not even close to our record, right? And so after a three and nine season, and so, I mean, it, it, but if you're not providing them an actual entertainment with the actual game, you have to make up for it in other ways, right? Because you're counting on that to be a recruiting tool. But if you see us at 45,000 next year and down to 35,000, because mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm just not worth going to watch that because it's not entertaining any longer. There has to be a balance at some point. It, I mean, honestly, Dave, and watching the game, the first series and you watched it, it, it felt like almost like they pulled Thompson aside and said, look, go out there do what you can don't get hurt and it, like and even with like the penalties in the beginning of it, of it like that 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 kind of set them back then there was there was one where they called a sack and it didn't even look like his jersey was touched let alone like he would have been tackled right and i i don't know it just it felt like the third game of an NFL preseason where they go in for one series and they just or if they're even playing at all and then yeah. the starters sit the rest of the time because most of the time it was like the second team offensive line. It was the second team, you know, quarterback, wide receiver. Like it just did not feel in any way like they were trying to show their hand. And I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it was still fun to be there and be around other Husker fans and just, you know, kind of taking in that energy. And, you know, the most complaining I saw was on Twitter. Um, I didn't really see a ton of complaining from people that were there because it was sure the, the environment the itself the and environment, especially sure. especially after what we've been through the last couple of years, right? I mean, this was it it was seriously some of the most fun that I've had in over two years. And yeah. but I would say so to Rob, just to kind of add to that a little bit, maybe I'll direct this one to Boomer, is that I mean, I, I think what compounds this is the fact that the, the media doesn't get to see a lot of practice either. In fact, almost zero practice, as we've heard from, from Sipple and, and others. Um, and so, I mean, like the real information of like how well this team is is doing, it's it's a big mystery to everyone, right? I mean, I, we can be optimistic. That's great. It's off season, right? But literally, we just don't know because we really haven't seen anything, right? And so the spring game always holds this hope out that you can at least see a little bit they may be like, oh, all right, yeah, Trey Palmer is that fast or whatever, right? Um, and it just, you know, when you, there's no real football being played the spring game and the media has no access, um, the entire Husker Nation is living in this, like, this, like, unknown world, right? It's really frustrating, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, Dave. And, and you brought up a lot of, you know, 
questions I had with it too. The, the game itself wasn't super compelling, like you said, and we're not really learning anything. And but you'd also at the point how big how important this is for recruiting, and I think that probably is something we need to look at going forward with this whole spring game. It probably needs to grow and become something than just this kind of scrimmage that we throw out there, which isn't really a true scrimmage. You know, I think back to you know decades ago. Nebraska used to kind of do like an entire sports weekend sort of thing the same sure. day where there'd be volleyball going on and you could have, you know, the track would be doing, you know, track team would be doing tryouts at the same time. Maybe that's the sort of thing Nebraska could look at doing here. You know, how many different kind of sporting events can we have going on this day? You know, you'd have baseball playing, you know, later in the day. That's great. You know, what other things can we work in? You know, give fans, you know, a chance to kind of maybe roam around campus to different sporting kind of events that are going on at one time, whether it's a practice or a scrimmage or a meet and greet, you know, with all sorts of different Women's teams and sand players. Volleyball yeah. Sand, like, you know, I, I'm not, I think the, the season goes team, through March, bowling. but you could kick that off. Yeah. Bowling, you know, is going right now. You could have something with them going on, you know, and maybe instead of, you know, a scrimmage, you have some sort of like, you know, skills thing for the, with the players that fans could watch. And, and that's interesting. Like that. Yeah. I'm just, just throwing ideas out there that, you know, keeps people coming here Gives, gets everyone excited, gives the recruits a whole lot to see and just how much, you know, fan support it has. Just, you know, trying to think outside the box a little for this. Mm. You know, that that weekend, you know, there was soccer that night, Hibner Park, obviously the Wreckers home series for, for baseball. There was other sports going on. So that is part of it. Really is about the experience, about the celebration. I wrote down a couple of notes that I had was, you know, it was a chance for me to take Alex to a game, which is a lot easier to do at a spring game than during a regular season game. And I think it, it was really had that family experience, which is something we're talking about during football season when you are talking about alcohol. And that can be frustrating to some fans to hear that there could be alcohol going into the stadium. Well, the you know, you have spring game is kind of an, an opportunity. To, there is more of a family atmosphere there. It's more of a celebration that way. And uh, and it was inexpensive compared to a to a regular game. And also, I'd say the tailgating, that those are all things that can bring people out there. Now, that's not talking about what's going on on the field. That's just that's going about the the experience. Now, as far as the mystery, and I can understand, I get the media, if they would be frustrated that they didn't get to see much, um, that game was never about showing anything. There was, the, I can promise you, whether we had, we could have had red jerseys on the quarterbacks, and that wouldn't have mattered from an X's no standpoint. They weren't going to give anything to Northwestern, and, and that was the smart thing to do, and um, I don't blame them one bit for that, uh, but the mystery will remain. The other hey, thing is, well, the, the one more, the one last thing is the recruiting piece, and it is hard to get kids here sometimes during football season, uh, especially if we're playing early games, and you know we have two flights in and out of Lincoln now, basically to Chicago and and uh, Denver. That's it, and this is an opportunity. That's you you capitalize on it, that you bring in forty recruits like they did transfer portal guys and. Juco guys and freshmen and sophomores and everything in high school, and you get them to Lincoln, Nebraska uh, when when it's easy to do so. Yeah, I mean, I heard there's a hundred recruits where it was. Oh, I mean, it was it was insane. It was a huge number. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool to see the stuff that they had set up for the kids too. Um, you know, on our on our tour when they showed us um, in Hawks Hawks Field, I think mm -hmm. right. Um, they had like all these tables set up and this big video screen, and they were showing them stuff that of what like the athletic facilities were going to be like. We talked a, a little bit about it last night with Greg Smith, but um, it was really cool to kind of just see how they're presenting that. And they like set up these big Barca loungers like in front of the screen for the kids to sit in and and watch this watch this video and everything. And um, you know they had they had all kinds of cool stuff going on 
for, for those recruits. So. And, and Rob, you know, short of a guy like O'Shawn Mathis, you know, or a transfer portal guy who's actually going to play in 2022, every recruit they had there pretty much is going to be able to experience those facilities almost from yeah. day one. From I mean, we're one. now yeah. recruiting that far out. So those facilities, I mean, they're going up fast and uh, they're going to be ready by about the time that these guys are, are getting there. So, yeah. Uh, so, so hockey, maybe like, uh, entertain me for a second here. Sure. Um, you, you mentioned that um, they, they ran pretty vanilla offense. Uh, Frost said so, obviously. Um, and that was the best thing to do. He said, um, but I know that you probably would agree with me that, I mean, Tom Osborne just kind of ran the offense probably back in the day during this. The, now it wasn't on TV, but I mean, anybody mm-hmm. could have came in and, and watched and, and paid attention to how the offense operated. And he wasn't too concerned about Northwestern or Kansas state, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out his system. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't think Osborne ever was concerned about anyone knowing their system. I yeah, mean, Brendan Stein exactly. and Zach Weger used to tell players where they were running the yeah, ball. Yeah, they, yeah they so I'm just like, so, so like, this is, a, but this is yeah. a different thing. Tom Osborne, I, the, the last I knew, he never had four new offensive coaches changing, you well, know, and, no, and changing didn't, offenses didn't and changing to, all that. So, yeah. you know, that's the that's the unique thing, I guess, about this spring, which would be different from a spring ago or two springs ago. Um, I think it's fair what you're saying about the future, though, because. I, as I recall last year, I mean, there was a lot of thud going on in that spring game too. And I don't remember mm-hmm. as much of a negative, um, you know, from the Twitter sphere, at least um, this was pretty much how I thought it kind of ran last year. So uh, I don't know what the future of it is. I, I like seeing real football, trust me. And if, yeah. if they just want to say, look, we're just going to sit out our top 40 guys because we've seen everything we need out of them. And we don't want to get injured. Yeah. It, treat it like an NFL. Play. Yeah, exactly. Treat it like an NFL preseason game in that sense rob you know we're sitting all of them and then uh literally since we have 150 guys or you know however many it is in, in spring i guess it wouldn't probably be the full 150 but you know if you have 110 guys then you still would have maybe 60 or 70 that you could play a real game with and you go you go from there you know and and i think the most interesting thing and the most telling thing about all this and like well how are the fans going to feel about this and everything honky how many people were there when that game ended in the fourth quarter well over half still, yeah, I mean, of the people a... there, right? Like people stayed till the end. It wasn't like people were like, oh, this is boring. I'm going to sure. go, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was definitely, you know, people were there. And like I said, people, people were just there. We liked it. We were spending time together, watching, watching the product, whatever it was on the field. Even at the end, it got a little bit exciting because, you know, the offense started to come back against the defense. They did have a, a graphic off in the corner showing like how the different teams scored that they displayed pretty much the entire game. I think it was over there in the, um, what is that? Like the Northwest corner, maybe the Northeast corner. They had the, uh, what well, we were in the West side. So it was on the North northeast side they had like on the screen how they were scoring how they were scoring their points and everything the whole time Uh so you could keep up with it if you if you Mm -hmm. were watching that a little bit but it was um you know if i was a recruit and i saw that and i saw what was going on i got a tour of the facilities to see like what the athletic facilities were going to look like and got to walk around campus you know where the weather was warm but it was just a little windy whatever i mean it would leave a good impression on me I mean, it I, did I, leave a good impression on me yeah. because I did feel like we were being recruited at one Especially point. Especially a negative two or star recruit like Rob. Yeah, <laughs> a negative. That's a negative four. Negative. I do think, you know, to Dave's point, the the truth or the the proof in the pudding will be, I guess, we'll see in a year from now at the next one, right? I mean, 
Um, if the number starts going down, like he said, then uh, at, then you would probably need to reevaluate things. Um, we'll see. I I think the the fifty five thousand that were there for the most part, the ones that we spoke with, at least they seem to be people that would come back again. And um, you know, it was it was a fun weekend, at least at that. As far as on the field, for what it's worth, and we're we're still talking about scoring explosions, so we're on the offensive side. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I think Rob talked to a good guy back in February and Kevin Williams. He is a guy that uh, if somebody showed well and he got to play quite a bit in that second half when there was real football being played, I think Kevin Williams showed well. And I don't know that he's – I don't know if he's done enough right now to, to win over one of those starting positions, but I think at the very least he's going to be a swing guard, you know, maybe the sixth guy on the line, or he's at least worked his way into to conversation of, of starting. And that's that says a lot. Now that line, you know, without Prohaska and Dave, did you hear that? I said it right. Uh, without that and and Corcoran, um, you know, that look, those are going to be two guys that are going to be playing a huge role. I imagine we're going to hit the portal for probably one more offensive lineman, you think? I mean, definitely a, a tackle body in there. I want to watch – I really want to closely rewatch the, the, the game and watch Ben Hart because he is such a – there's still the ability in him, and he was a – top 100 recruit and everything and he has the body i mean he could be a guy that can be a difference maker but if he's not then you've got to start planning around that and that changes up you know do you move corcoran out there or has hickson done enough at center can corcoran play center who knows i mean they've got some they've got some mixing and matching to do on the o-line but that's going to be the key that's the key area right now i'm not worried about the the special specialist players you know across the board i'm really it's the o-line for me yeah, well, speaking of specialists, Boomer, did you, did you see any punts that got you excited? <laughs> well, the first punt was, I mean, that was a nice, you know, 60-yard kick, and I think that was one of the loudest cheers I heard on the TV. That was, that was, there, that so, was yeah. actually the largest, largest, uh, yeah. the loudest cheer of the day was that right there. Even yeah, I cheered. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. I mean, as far as the rest of the, the punts went, they uh, weren't yeah. quite as exciting. I mean, there were a couple, you know, that were inside the 20. And I think he did average about 40 yards a punt, which is, you know, super stellar. And then as far as the rest of the kicking went, you know, we missed a field goal. I think we went, what, one of two for field goal kicking. And there was a really badly shanked extra point you know, at one point. But, again, it's spring game. You know, I don't know how the wind is working and – yeah, was, how windy was it, was it in person? It was there? pretty. It was pretty, pretty windy. bad. Okay, yeah, it was windy all weekend, and that was and on down closer you got to the field, the windier it was. Yeah, and and it's also again, it I don't know what it's going to be when you put it in the live situation. You have people, you know, actually running trying to block these kicks. That could change a few things too. And you know, it's a lot of work getting your timing down from the the snapper, the holder, the punter, the kicker. There's a lot of things they still have to work on. So we don't even Hopefully have we'll that see kicker. That. We don't even have the kicker that we recruited yeah. or transferred no. or whatnot even on campus yet, right? That's, yeah. So, that's I mean, right. He's not, yeah. he's not here. We do have at least our kickoff, yeah. our, our Frank, we have our kickoff uh, specialist there. Speaking of punter, while we're talking about that, I did read this tweet today, and it was punter Tori Taylor told Spencer, Spencer Petrus this spring that it looks like there will be fewer punts this year by the way the offense is looking. So over there in Iowa, you know, they're, they're thinking pretty good about the offense, and uh, they're not going to be punting as much. But well, I mean, like 13 punts a game is still fewer punts for Iowa the way they play. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk is putting on third down just because. Yep. <laughs> on the opponent's um, 45. You know, so we touched on the recruits a little bit. And before we turn uh, to uh, defense, I do want to talk to probably the highest profile offensive recruit. Uh, Dylan Riola was 
in town again. I believe this is at least the third time he's, he's visited. This is the son of Dominic Raiola and nephew of uh, Donovan, um, our, our new offensive line coach and um, kind of newly minted number one recruiting uh, recruit of the 2023. Is that right? Or 24? I'm forgetting. 24, 24 I think. 24 yeah. So he's still, still two years away. He's, two, he's only going into his junior year, but um, very highly regarded. And um, seems like he had a good time, right? Yeah, he was there alongside our other quarterback, uh, William Watson, Pops. He was there as well, and he's the 2023 uh, quarterback in this class. Um, one thing that uh, Greg Smith mentioned to us last night, and that right now we're looking at a, a slide of the 2023 recruiting class. Of course, we have our in-state recruiting class one. I still haven't updated this slide, but um, we have five on the slide, 2023, we have five players from in-state that have offers. Well, now that can be six because Brock Knudsen, the offensive tackle, 6'7", 283 from Scott's Bluff, he did get an offer from Nebraska over the weekend and was in town over the weekend too. So that gets us up to six. And uh, Malachi Coleman, uh, he wasn't at the game, but uh, there's still a lot of positive feelings that, uh, you know, that Nebraska is high on his list, but boy, he's got it quite the list now too. So, I mean, it's a big list yeah. and you know, we're hoping to, we're hoping to get every one of those, those in-state kids that we've offered. Yeah. So Malachi Coleman's got the kind of, Blue blood list of recruiting range mm-hmm. at Georgia, Alabama, pretty much everyone. Oregon, yeah, you name it. It yeah. was yeah. As it's impressive. It's impressive. It's time to throw the bones. We're really thin at that position right now. We don't have bodies. Um, that being said, I, I've seen improvement from Garrett, improvement from Caleb, uh, Jamari, uh, and Blaze. Um, those guys have really taken a giant leap forward, in my opinion. Um, we had trouble blocking them today, and hopefully that's a sign that uh, they're playing good football uh, as opposed to we didn't protect well enough. You know, that, that outside linebacker slash DN spot, Dave, I mean, I think that can be an area of strength for us. I mean, he just said, Frost just said we don't have a lot of depth there, but between Blaze and Tanner and Garrett and and Butler, who Jamari Butler, I think, is he's primed to take off and have a have a good season this year. And if we can get Mathis in that mix too, I mean, there's some there's some players in there, and I think that those are guys that can give some trouble to more than just the the offensive tackles that we had out there. I know that I, I know there could be some movement on the tackle position for us offensively, but those guys can be some good. We can get some good pass rush from those guys. Yeah, it seems like Garrett uh, Nelson definitely making a, a jump forward, and yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like you know the depth thing. I get it, but they were making making. Um, uh, an impact on the on the game, especially in the first half, which is hard to figure out because if you're not playing tackle at all, I mean, like I don't know exactly what the offensive linemen were allowed to do, but it felt like if you could just simply keep in between, um, you know, your defender and the quarterback, you, you'd be able to do a pretty good job. But that that was not happening apparently. No, um, I think that if we're going to hit the portal in area, I can definitely see D tackle being a spot where just yeah. depth wise, you know, Casey Rogers has had some health concerns there and, and hopefully he's healthy and full go by the season. But between him and Nash, um, Ty Robinson, I mean, there's some, there's some players that have a little bit of experience there, but uh, you know, we'd be counting so much on young guys. Um, and I, there's a lot of potential with Weaver and there's a lot of potential with, with black and, um, 
you know, Newsom, he just hasn't really taken hold. He's been here for about three or four years now. And so, I mean, at some point, you know, you're going to get recruited over. And I think that they're probably going to be looking at that spot here in the next couple of weeks uh, to, to build some depth there through the portal, is, is my guess, is, is defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, um, you mentioned Newsom. That's um, Mosiah Newsom, is that right? But yes. It's, it's, I, I made me think of Quentin Newsom, our, the quarterback, mm-hmm. who uh, has kind of got one of those positions locked down. It looks like uh, Braxton Clark actually started opposite of him, which I think has gotten some people interest peaked, um, which is great. He's been here for like five years, and he's had, had quite a bit of playing time. But a lot of people thought that maybe uh, – the ASU transfer Tommy, yeah, Tommy Hill, Hill might take that over, but it looks like Braxton is uh, fighting for that position. I think at least he's fighting for it. I, I don't know, again, with spring game, how much you take out of it. And because there isn't a, a red and white, there wasn't a starting a starting corner on one team and a starting corner on the other right, team. This is just sure. everyone's defense. But um, I, I, I know Hill is going to be a, a major player next year, whether he's starter or not. Um, but it's great to see if, if Clark would be. I love Clark's size, his length, six foot three guy. Uh, I'd love to see him, uh, you know, be healthy and, and be able to go out there. Um, I thought, I think the linebacking crew, there's a lot of potential there. I know they want to probably get one more inside linebacker and maybe do that through the portal. But I, I've really liked uh, Va Malga Clements. I, I yeah, think a lot of people too, talking about his performance. Yeah, they, I, they said his name a lot on Saturday. Yeah. It's hard to say too, so it means we really always well, showing. Yeah, up. and they, I mean, they really were. It felt like that was something I was going to bring up. It felt like that they said his name a lot on on Saturday, a lot, probably 10, 15 times. I heard it. Mm-hmm. I mean, between that and Houseman, Ernest Houseman, the true freshman from yeah, from uh, your alma mater there, Dave, uh, Columbus High. I, I think those two guys are, are well. Houseman's young, and and you know, Va now has been here for. He came here as a JUCO, and he's been here at least one season. So, I mean, he's it's time for him to to get out there and make some plays. Um, but between those two, and you have Heinrich in, and then with Reimers and uh, Kolarevich is kind of off playing the the nickel spot. But uh, you know, there's some there's some growing some depth there, and uh, I and it's led with two guys that are are really experienced. I mean, so Heinrich and and Reimers obviously. There was spring injuries where they weren't both playing out there and everything, but uh, uh, you know I'm 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 okay with with that group if they want to get one more guy in there in the, the the portal. I guess that wouldn't shock me, but short of that, I mean I, I think that that's a, a solid group there. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, recruiting wise, again, um, out of the 100 recruits we had, if there was one that you wanted the most, Honky, who would that be? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of we need to win now. You know, right. I've made a point of that. And so as much as I would love us getting all the great players from 2023 class, Mathis is an immediate contributor, somebody that would be in Lincoln here, you know, already by the summer and, and playing. And, you know, it's interesting to me with Mathis, he comes into that position that we talked about with Tanner and Garrett Nelson already. I mean, those are two, you know, does he just come in and yeah. immediately start? Yes, probably. Yeah, I mean, he's the top transfer guy, but like who who do you just pull out of that? Um, I'm just saying he's coming into a a good position, but he can make a good position really, really, really good. And of course, they're not going after him the way they are for him not to sit, you know, for him to sit on the bench and not play. So, yeah, um, yeah, of course, he'd be out there, but it's going to it's going to add a lot of a lot of depth and some star power there. That would be my number one guy. And you think about it, too. 
between bringing him in from the transfer portal and then guys like Tommy Hill that have been brought in too, I mean, there, there could be multiple starters on that Blackshirt defense next year that, uh, you know, were just transfers in and playing somewhere else a year ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, se- it seemed like he was everybody's number one recruit too, Honky, quite honestly. I mean, what did, what did Greg say last night? That I mean, Scott was like there meeting with him, and it didn't seem like there was a single moment that he was in the stadium or on campus where somebody from the team that of some importance wasn't there talking to him or walking around with him and his family or taking them somewhere or doing something with them. And, you know, the, the whole NIL thing where they sent mm-hmm. people down to speak with him before – um, he even came up here from Texas, um, just kind of laying out what that deal would look like. Um, and then at halftime, announcing that they were going to be paying the scholarship students or what was it? Um, uh, what, 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 what was the word I was looking for? But well, basically paying them for for academic achievement, you know, that the, the $5,980 a, yep. a year or whatever it was. So, um, you know, all of that really tied in well. And a lot of that had to do with him it seemed like right like where he was kind of he was kind of the one guy that led the whole pack the entire weekend for sure yeah well i mean sounds like i mean his decision should be coming in the next few weeks at at most it sounds like he could be on campus as early as may 1st i've heard um wherever he decides and um we don't know all the suitors definitely sounds like texas uh usc and maybe a few others are still high on his his list with us um and then you know i mean if all things are equal i mean hopefully you know he was impressed with the spring game atmosphere and all the attention but also um how maybe that nil will play into that is going to be really interesting to see Mm -hmm. all right guys anything else we want to want to cover here with the spring game this is uh the wrap-up of spring football Nah, I don't have much. It was just good to get the group together. I know Dave, you've been off for a couple of weeks and, and it's, it's, we've been doing different things. Like we said earlier, we're going to do a, a Damon Benning interview in a couple of weeks and you know, who's going to be on, you know, who's going to join us. Who do you remember Mac? Mac. Really? Mac. Yes. Oh my Mac. goodness. That would be awesome. Very yes, cool. So, Help uh, to get a, a new Redcast uh, Mac Twitter handle of some sort. <laughs> But, you know, you know it's just kind of I let this stream yard that we're doing now. We're just it gives us a lot of flexibility. We'll do the fan forum where we can do one on one shows. Rob's done lunch cast with Jojo and Kevin Williams. And we can just we can there's a lot of mix and match and plays. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're, we're doing a lot of different things, talking to a lot of different people and uh, and really enjoying it. So, it you know, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe just to wrap up really quick, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time around the Van Horn, but um, baseball uh, did have another difficult weekend uh, getting swept, I believe. Is that correct by Rutgers? Oh, yes. They, they got correct. swept by Rutgers Maybe last two year years in a row game now. Too. Yeah. 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 But but that's also the point where they turned it around. So we're going to be looking good for the rest of the season. They're going to make the college <laughs> World Series again. I like the optimism, Rob. I hey, they didn't lose to Creighton today. So. No, they did well, not Rutgers, lose to Creighton today. Rutgers is number one in the conference going into last season or last weekend. Surprising. And still certainly are now, too. Yeah, hey, You don't get to say that very often. Yeah. No, about Rutgers never being really number one on anything. So <laughs> quite quite surprising. But, um, I mean, you guys had a great time there on Friday night, look, looks like. And I know um, your son Alex had a, had a great time, opportunity meeting some of the uh, Huskers there. Uh, really cool of them to do that for him. And, yeah, here's um, the fo- 
Yeah, here's the photo thing, Dave, that you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, you know, fresh off of pitching that night, and he had a good night. I mean, and and then there's Efri Cervantes with him, and the ball, and you know, and he was a little grumpy kid at the time. But uh, when he's we got nervous, out of there, you know, he's like hard to believe he's meeting these guys. That's probably cool. is. Yeah, he was just. Well, it was late and cold too, and I think I'm sure just... I'm like you weren't weren't nervous when you met Mike Rozier. Well, I mean, come on, Honky huh? made his Honky made his network television premiere that night too. We got home, we were watching the <laughs> highlights right. of the game. Yeah, and he was on wasn't TV. there. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Yeah, I met Rozier was the first guy I met when I walked into the 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 after party there on Saturday night, and that's that was awesome. a super cool guy. I mean, it was so cool. He's wearing a black shirt, and on the back of it, in white letters, says Heisman. <laughs> it was just yeah. so funny. I was like, that is that is great. Um, not short of ego whatsoever. No, no. Uh, you gotta love that about him though, right? He yeah. embraces it. It's a, it's a part of the whole thing. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, uh, just a lot of fun again, you know, I, it, I'd love to go. We kind of said the same thing on the rapid reaction. It's like, you'd love to go more in depth into the game. And this is, I guess where I get, I see where the media has their point where they're like, they'd like to see more. They'd like to be able to break down more. And then when you, you know, when there's kind of a, a void of what to talk about, that's when you, when you start to dissect. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you fill it with you dissect things that don't need to always be dissected, and and um, you know it's real easy to. I've seen people over, you know, overreact to things about the running backs. I'm like, how could you? The, in yeah, football, but what else are like, they going to talk about, right? I mean, you, you yep, got to feed the fans with something, right? You know, and they need to be able mm-hmm. to have some fodder. And mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I do think to that point, Dave. I do think that there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. It, you know, going into next season, that they may need to to review a little bit of like, you know, how do you give the fans a little more than what you've given them, but you got to do it in, in smart ways where you're not getting guys injured and all that. I get it. Look, I I'm green. I'm no, no to green Jersey guy with quarterbacks. Right. And even I'm like, you know, understanding that in today's world, okay, you're going to wear green jerseys. I just get it now. You know? Well, yeah, Sam McEwen to too. Did I don't know if you guys saw Sam McEwen's tweets. That would have been a funny tweet to have up for Tweet of the Week, where he said, "You get fifty-five thousand fans to come out on a beautiful day. They're here to watch Casey Thompson, the guy who got all the NIL money. And Nebraska can't bother to have him throw more than four passes." Oh, boo-hoo, Sam. Boo-hoo. <laughs> That—that's my point, though. I mean, like, yeah. I guess I mean, I, 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 with Sam, that's exactly what I was getting at. Is like. Literally, if it's it's not about competition, it's not about, but it's about entertainment. You want to make it look good for the for the recruits, and you want the fans to be uh, entertained and enjoy the moment. Well, heck, I mean, if you're not if you're playing not even two hand touch, just go ahead and send Trey Palmer or, or uh, Omar Manning deep and let Casey air one out. You know, catch a sixty yard bomb. People get excited, and mm. sure, it's just a freaking fly, fly route no one really cares but at least that would have been entertaining right yeah you know? it's kind of like, like what it's like what friday night lights was when uh yeah. oh my god i can't that micah parsons came to it that one year and he was he was running a fly route in front of us yeah. catching passes yeah i mean at some point if nothing else even if it's just doing drill work and and some skill work there i, that's, I like boomer's idea about the skills uh, that that sounds really interesting right that mm-hmm. could be something right you know well last year when uh, they opened up the one practice during spring ball that's what a lot of it was that we didn't get to watch a scrimmage we just there was five thousand people that stood in the stood in the stands and watched guys running out routes and doing just drill work and that was really entertaining i think if you did you did a, you know, the equivalent of one half of that with some of the things that you're talking about and Boomer's talking about. Yeah. And maybe in the second half had a real JV scrimmage, kind of yeah. old school Friday, you know, freshman team game like they used to do back in the old days. Um, I think that would be, there's a lot of validity there. 
We can go yeah. really old school and bring back like the, you know, the old alumni teams, and they could play. Uh, in a, <laughs> that'd be great. Well, hey, that'd be fun. Yeah. We, we hung out with a lot of those alumni guys on Saturday night, and I'm not sure those guys were ready to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing against, nothing against any of them. They could all tear me apart still, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. They're there to have a good time, so maybe yep. they don't want to strap it up one more time. I hear you. All right, guys, let's get out of here with some parting shots and we will start with honky uh well first off i just uh want to pass along red casters that there's one week left to join the season ticket request list for husker football 2022 uh the link can be found at huskers.com or you can find it on our twitter and facebook feeds we posted that uh, the other day and uh, i'm just going to do two today the other one is i want to finish with that it is april and that is national autism month and as many of you know out there my son alex is on the spectrum and i'm constantly amazed at the incredible people the teachers and the doctor specialists who have worked with, uh, closely with them uh, since being diagnosed and so uh i was gonna wear this and then i forgot to but i'll, I'll have my herd at blue media uh, t-shirt on because blue is the color for world autism day which was saturday april 2nd and i want to make sure all those with autism and their families never feel alone Awesome. Thanks, Hunk. And it's only two, so he hits the under again. So That's right. I think Boomer Way might need to move that line down um, the next next show because it's getting too easy. Um, the juice uh, needs to get squeezed there. Um, all right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I just want to remind everyone that next Tuesday night we are going to have Craig Doman on to talk a little bit about um, – you know, NFL draft. He's going to talk a little bit about what it's like working with some of these players to help them prepare for the NFL and just kind of talk a little bit about uh, himself as a, as an NFL agent. So I'm looking forward to seeing him there. Um, Rob, you know, could you uh, explain to everyone who Craig Doman is and, uh, as, a, and as a matter of time and date again, as a matter of fact, if you're watching right now, I am wearing a t-shirt that, uh, Jojo Doman's dad, but his mom sent me a T-shirt. That Very Jojo cool. Oh, that's cool. Brand. Um, yeah, it, it's Jojo Doman's dad. Um, so everybody, you know, after after speaking, his uh, his his uh, his wife Teddy is kind of Jojo's go between to his agent, everything, and she's set up for both of them. And um, awesome. so, what you know, what time is this again, Rob? It's going to be next week. It's going to be like on our, on our regular show. He'll come on for a little bit and talk to Very us. Cool. And, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So uh, make sure when you tune in, if you have any questions about that process, uh, you know, write them down and save them for next week. Cool. All right, Boomer, get us out of here. Well, uh, with spring football winding down, we need to try to find uh, other means to get our football fixes and. Uh, Good news for the starters. Uh, St. Kilda is currently uh, fourth place on the ladder in the AFL after a massive dismantling of Hawthorne this last weekend. So they're playing great, and naturally a season when they're not really on TV in the States. So my luck continues as is. And also this weekend, don't forget, your New Jersey Generals are taking the field for the USFL. You can watch uh, Mike Riley out in one more last adventure and feel the strain <laughs> of Bob Diaco once again. We're, we're getting the band back together, folks. So is Diaco it can is be exciting. Uh, D-line coach, I think. Yeah, I, and, and, yeah, I don't know who the D Boomer. coordinator is. And I who's Mike, not, who's Mike Riley? I don't know. We're not Boomer, sure. it's not Bob Diaco anymore. It's Robert, oh, it's Robert Diaco. Diaco. That's right. He rebranded. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, good point. So Good name. We're not sure about the Argyle sweaters, though. We'll have to see. So <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I just wanted the over-under and how many USFL games are going to get played. And then, yeah, um, I might set that at three and a half. Yeah. yeah. With you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Great show. Good time. Uh, let's call that a go 
Big Redcast. GBR. Ahura Media Production.